you don't want your busy evenings to signal the end of dinnertime exploration, try Blue Apron's two or four serving menu plan so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique. The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and, get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together, and it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with better help. Again, that's better H E L P. Thanks to better help for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Roads Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on the Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about delivering quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please feel free to visit roadsrediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. Over the past several decades, people from all over the world have increasingly hectic schedules, juggling home, life, family, and careers, right? These not only challenge our discipline, but also takes a toll on our health and our behaviors. So how do we find that discipline? How do we change our behavior? How do we even find the time? Well, my special guest is a multi-award winning international consultant coach, speaker, and author 
who helps busy and overweight entrepreneurs and business owners obtain the fitness to enhance their personal and professional lives. He's endured his own struggles with obesity, overcome, and is also a member of the Chartered Institute for the Management of Sport and Physical Activity. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Martin Sharp to the show. Hey, Martin, it's so great to have you here, sir. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me here, Oliver. Absolutely pleased to be here. Oh, thank you. We're thrilled to have you here, sir. So uh, if you can just start us off for the listener's benefit by giving them um, some context of your own journey through obesity, um, the mental and physical impact that it had on you, and your inspiration to overcome. Crumbs. Well, um, let's see. I mean, if, if, you, if you, you and the listeners have been with me back in 2014, Mm. Uh, then you'd be stood in a, in a line with a lot of officious-looking, uniformed people in green suits, uh, kind of herding us towards uh, a destination. There would have been a, a woman there who's kind of looking over us, uh, just eyeing up everything that we're doing. And uh, the, the reality wasn't sinister. It was actually quite nice. I was I was in the Universal Studios, Florida. Uh, yeah. I brought my mum over because mm-hmm. uh, she'd always wanted to bring me and my my brother uh, away to Disneyland, and she it, she was a single parent. She'd mm-hmm. always wanted to do that, and my business was going okay. So I thought, well, she can't take me as a kid anymore, but she could take her grandchildren. I thought that'd be absolutely fantastic. Let's do that. So I kind of brought us all over, and I brought some friends as well, and we had like three weeks doing like the Disney parks and everything. It was really really good fun. But mm-hmm. as we were waiting in line for the incredible Hulk ride. Mm-hmm. I've got one, my 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 daughter one arm going. This is going to be scary, Dad. And I've got my <laughs> yeah, my youngest son going. Is it going to be fast, Dad? And I kind of found some right mad, and we kind of got to the front of the line, and uh, and the, the the chap in the green uniform he just said, I'm, "I'm sorry, sir, but you you can't come on this ride. You're too big to fit in the seats." Mm. And I was gobsmacked, and and I asked him, and he got us to sit in the seat. We couldn't get the the restraint down or anything. And I'm thinking they've just queued for ages for this, but. Thankfully, my friend Wendy was there with me, and he said, don't worry, I'll take them on the ride. Yeah. And I went to this side, I was with my wife and with my mum, and we watched them go around, and I could almost hear them laughing on the breeze. It was that kind of emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We bad for it, really. Um, mm. and, and I'd love to say that was the only time during that holiday that that happened, but it wasn't. It yeah. happened several times on various different rides in different parks mm-hmm. but the the kind of the real pinnacle for me was one, one evening we'd got back as, as you do when you go through all the photos everyone's taken and it's like reliving the memories of the day yeah and mum had captured a photograph of me and my wife sarah on the monorail coming out of the um uh the the magical kingdom back to the car park yeah and uh yeah i was i was i had moobs bigger than my wife's boobs and I just looked oh at my. it and thought, how have I done this to myself? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, and then I kind of looked back at everything that's been going on. I thought, I mean, I'm going to have to change. Something's got to change. I can't keep going on the way I was. I mean, it was it would only been what maybe six years, seven years previously. I would have been running triathlons. I was I was competing in the new slalom and things. Oh, wow. uh, and literally, the only thing that had changed was I'd set up a business. I thought this this can't this cannot be me. 
So right, right. I, uh, I vowed to Sarah, I'm, I'm going to change, I'm going to make a difference, this is going to happen. We got back home, I, I got a gym membership straight away, I, I got a PT, a, a little ass called Kerry, she was like bouncing around all over, like the Duracell bunny, the Duracell bunny just had a <laughs> yeah. limited amount of power. Right. And, yeah, and, oh, and, and downloaded the nail plans off the internet and tracked everything on my fitness pal. did everything that everyone said you should do. Yeah. You know, I kept working really hard and nothing really changed. So I kind of I tried all sorts of other bits and pieces. You're thinking, okay, I must have done something wrong. So uh, I, I joined a daughter. She thought it was great. She was able to kick dad's ass, and that was it. And <laughs> uh, when I was down in London, I used to join a friend's uh, kickboxing class. Uh, yeah, I tried all yeah. sorts of different diets. Me and my wife, we tried like Weight Watchers and mm -hmm. Slimming World and like keto mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. And we tried for about five years, even stupid things like fat burning coffee. I mean, who on this planet really believes fat burning coffee is going to work? You have to be really <laughs> desperate by the time you get to that point, right? Right, so, right. Yeah, right. We, we went through all sorts. And after about five years of trying, it was about 2019, and I was thinking, this is ridiculous. I was putting all this effort in and getting nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah. And I kind of uh, just like thought, okay, well, that, that's it. This, this is who I am. And, and Sarah says, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, you, you've got a good business. You're well-respected. Uh, your family loves you. You've got a great circle of friends. But at the same time, I also knew that I was kind of staring down the barrel of a gun because my, uh, I'm not from the greatest gene pool, let's put it this way. If I was a horse, I think I'd be shot by now. <laughs> uh, my, my dad's got fibromyalgia and diabetes. He's had several yes. cancer scares and mm -hmm. he bit some carp because of that. Uh, and my, my younger brother, two years younger than me, he's started down the same thing. He's got fibromyalgia and diabetes now as well. So it's like, mm. okay, I'm, uh, I know where my path is taking me if I don't do something. But right. you know, if, if there's nothing I can do, and that's what I truly thought, then maybe it is a case of just live the days we've got left. Um, and, and it was it happened that I was down in Felbridge, uh, which is near Gatwick Airport, at a Crown Plaza hotel doing another event. Mm -hmm. And uh, over breakfast, we met a chap called Pete. He kind of just came over to us. He's one of those gentlemen, you know, when you look at them and think, they're really well-to-do. They've kind of got a very nice uh, suit on, very, very um, clean-cut, chiseled look. Looked <laughs> yes, like he yes. was working out really nicely. Really successful-looking guy. Uh, and he just, he just said, do you mind if I come have a breakfast with you? Sure, no problems. I'll talk to anybody, me. And um, over coffee and things, I just happened to put the question in. So I said, oh, you look rather good. You said, well, how do you keep yourself fit while you're busy? So it says, well, I never used to look like this. He says, you used to be quite a large chap. Mm. Nah, you, you've met the guys in the gym before, haven't you? Where you, they say they're, they're overweight and they're in a really bad place and they put like half a kilo on or, or a pound or something. And you're thinking, no, there's no way. Uh, so he, showed, he says, no, no, seriously, he showed us his phone. He's going through all these photographs. And he was, he was quite a chunky chap. So like only about a couple of years previously. I says, all right, well, what's your secret? What, what did you do differently, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, all I did is I got an online coach. And I said the online coach meant that I could just do my own workouts when I needed to. I just followed the plan. Yeah. And I thought, that's great. I love that idea. So uh, the next part of the conversation was just unbelievable. And he, he literally turned around to me, and I cannot believe the serendipity even to this day. He says, I've actually brought him with me to this event. Do you want me to go and introduce you to him? No. Seriously? Yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> so he introduced me to, to the, the online coach, which is he's an ex-bodybuilder called Adam, and he's got obviously very well 
Bill, um, but he, he kind of speaks like uh, like like a Stoic philosopher most of the time. So he's got a really good and well developed mind. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we had a good chat about things. And, and one of the kind of first questions he asked me was, he says, "Well, what is it you want to change?" And I explained the same story I've just told you. And he says, "Well, for your change to really succeed, mm-hmm. you have to tie it in to some things that you really hold dear, your highest values." Mm-hmm. And, and it took me a while to work out what they actually were. And, and mm-hmm. to be frank, it took me a while to work out what he actually meant. But that's a different conversation, I think. Um, <laughs> and I kind of got the, the message that actually sometimes you have to be selfish before you can be selfless. So I put mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. first and make sure that's in the right place. Mm-hmm. But then actually thinking about, well, what are the things that I really get out of bed for every single day? What are the... What are the real things that I value? Not the not the things that books tell you you should value, or you've been on a personal development course and they tell you you should value getting up and doing fifty press ups, reading a book for thirty minutes. Not that right. kind of stuff. Right. And I kind of got it down to three things. I thought, well, I, I love my family, absolutely love and adore them, and I, and I want them to use me as a springboard to their greatness, whatever they are going to end up doing, and I really do hope they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are doing, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love spending time with my friends. I love, you know, it's just great to hang out with it, have a bit of a laugh. You, they help you, you help them. Right. Usually get up to mischief of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also I love working with my clients and I love the, the kind of challenges they bring to the table. I love the joy that you see on their face when they kind of get the results that they're looking for. Yes. And, and I just, it's yes. things like that really motivate me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, actually, that's, that is the three reasons I get out of bed. If I took any of those away, I would feel less of myself. And then I kind of thought about it the other way around. Well, what happens when I do end up? With like diabetes, fibromyalgia, cancer, whatever else is coming down the line for me. Yeah, yeah. My work would definitely suffer. Uh, it already was suffering due to pain and various other things that were going on. Brain fog. I really wasn't as sharp as I used to be. Sharp by na- name, but not necessarily by nature at that point. Right. Um, and uh, you know, with friends and things, obviously, if I'm starting to become ill, I wouldn't be able to do some of the activities that we enjoy. And we did enjoy lots of outdoor activities, things like going canoeing and walking and cycling and messing around on the beach or cliffs or whatever else is around mm-hmm. and uh, obviously for my family that that was a bit that really got me the most i think because i kind of realized that not only would i not be able to help and support them as much but actually i'd become a burden to them and that means that they would be you know be tr- detracting from their life rather than actually making their lives better and i just kept that in my mind all the time that's the kind of key thoughts i had and by doing that and working through the mechanics, which is the meals and the, the exercise, you know, you can't get away from it. You've got to do the meals and the movement. And then right. taking on board a lot of the other things that I knew about um, running and scheduling things in business, being prepared, making sure you've got things in the right place, right time, down to your silly things like um, if it isn't in the diary, don't get done right. Uh, and most people don't realize that, but if they schedule everything into the diary and even the preparation times and things, all of a sudden it becomes less of an issue because then when that big business meeting comes up, you're just rescheduling things in your diary. They're already there. You've already got the placeholders in place. So it's, it's things like that that really made the big difference. And uh, and it did, you know, within the space of three months, I'd lost 10 kilos. You know, it took me about five years to try and lose even part of that before, um, which is what, 22 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then the following month, lost another seven kilos. And then the following month after that, we lost another load. So by the time we finished over the space of, of starting in um, 2019, 154 kilos, which is 340 pounds, I think. Uh, 
I finished 18 months later uh, down at 94 kilos, which is 207 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and not only was it a case of just shrinking um, from body fat perspective, but actually I've gained a lot more muscle. I'm so much more fitter and more sharper, more alert. My cognitive abilities are almost back to like when I was in my mid-20s, although probably not quite as daft. Um and, and even silly things like, for example, I can do handstands again. I'm not entirely certain when I'm going to use that in a business meeting. But I can <laughs> right. It. It yeah. Feels yeah. yeah. And, it's got to feel so, great. Yeah. yeah. And now I love like, taking all that kind of knowledge uh, and helping other people do the same kind of thing, especially people that are in business, because that's exactly where I was. And it was being in business, having my own business. Actually, I realized I was putting so much into that. It was at my own detriment. Uh, and and it was killing me. And and I sit around so many different business meetings and board meetings and various other things. And 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 the, the board is literally growing width wise. Uh, and when you start looking at some of the statistics from various different agents like the the WHO, the World Health Organization, right. they really say that actually this demographic, the 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 working hard working professionals, you know, people like entrepreneurs, business owners, doctors, engineers, it is the fastest growing demographic for obesity and overweightness. Again, no pun intended. Um, and it's when you start looking at the figures behind it as well, it's even more scary because in 2010 there was like a billion people on the planet that were overweight or obese. By 2019, it got to 1.9 billion, mm-hmm. which means that for, for 10 years, we, we've we've doubled the number of people that are overweight and obese right. and, and have all of the kind of impacts on the health infrastructure, on their own lifestyles, et cetera, because of that, the non-communicable diseases and various other things. Death rates have increased because of it as well. It's probably the biggest killer now. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to look at it from what's happened over the COVID period. I mean, we don't yet know. No one's actually released worldwide figures yet. But the the APA in America, they, they're kind of calling it the COVID-15 because they say on average the uh, the human adult has actually increased by 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look at the WHO figures for Europe, 59% of adults across Europe now are overweight or obese. 59, just, more than half. 50. Yeah, uh, and it's just just horrendous. I mean, if you if you took that number and you know ex- uh, put it out across the world, you know that'd be nearly four bi- uh, what four billion people. So that's like another doubling again in, in less than five years. So we're, we're clearly not doing something right. And you know, I've I've got myself over. It. I've kind of worked how way that works for business owners and things. So I'm I'm really loving helping those and uh, some of some of the stories. Uh, and it's. And it's not about getting the six pack. It's never never about getting the six pack usually. Right. Which is right. what everyone kind of goes into. It's like, oh, you want a six pack? No, no. And it's <laughs> most people, it's about happiness. And, and and it's a real silly thing. Um like there's one guy I was working with, and literally um it was a chap called Mark, and, and he all he wanted to do was just be able to um, spend more time with his with his daughter. That was all it was. Uh, he's a real young baby. Uh, he was struggling to get her in and out of the car in a in a baby seat, uh, and, and that he was just he was just distraught by it. He thought, if I can't deal with her at this age, what's she going to be like when you know when she's like age five or nine or something when she wants to really run right. around and have fun? Yeah. Uh, and in the space of a few weeks, we kind of looked at what his lifestyle was like, looked at what he was doing in business, found the time that he needed to step back for himself. Uh, and, and it was just simple things. Like I got a message through from him when he's just turned around and says, I've just been uh, 
renovating my front room and I picked up the um, fire surround and it was like he wasn't there. And then he said, and I did the same with my daughter. I just picked her up and just put her in the car seat and it was as if she weighed nothing. And wow. there were silly things like that. All of a sudden, he's he's got that freedom again. Or, yeah. uh, oh, Phil. Phil, I love Phil. Um, so so <laughs> Phil was a he, he doing these multi, multi, multi-million pound um, programs of work in, in kind of the IT space. Uh, and and he, he the one thing he said to me is he says it's killing me. He says I've, I've swapped like a nine to five job Monday to Friday um, for a seven for a so five to nine job seven days a week uh, because of obviously working from home and things. And he says I just don't have the time for anything. And he was getting grouchy with his kids. And yeah. they'd found and got into really bad habits of just eating takeaways and going to restaurants and things just because it was the only time he could feel like he had time with them. Yeah. Uh, so again, we just started to look at ways that he could kind of carve time out for himself. Uh, and then we also did things like we got the kids involved as well because he had a bit of a Haribo habit, you know, the jelly sweets, like the gummy bears and things like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so every time we went near the, the Haribo, we, his kids used to say, no, Dad, you're not allowed them. And they loved the fact they could tell his dad off. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's just great. And you, you just getting other people involved that really support you and are there for you. But... So that even things like that, for example, is to have such a knock-on effect, not just to, to Phil himself, who now he, he, again, he just sent me a text message the first time he did the monkey bars with the boys when he was kind of going across them with him and he thought it was great. And now he takes them out cycling nearly every weekend. He loves it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not just that, though. The, the whole family's changed because they're not going out for as many meals in restaurants. They're not out of takeaways as much. So the whole family's health has benefited because he started to look for him, so he's become a role model in his own family as well. So, oh, yeah, loads yeah. of tales. I love him. I tell you, Martin, tell that you is Martin. extraordinary. Because I mean, what you're doing, sir, I mean, you're saving lives. And <laughs> you know, I mean, like you said, fibromyalgia. Um, there's uh, in, those pre-existing conditions make it hard and painful. I'm sure, but you know, you're you're preventing or maybe help reduce. Uh, likelihood of, let's say, heart disease, uh, cholesterol, diabetes, I mean, all these sorts of things. And that coupled with stress due to a busy schedule can really be debilitating for someone, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, I mean, I have to commend you for the great work that you're doing because it's not just saving lives, while that's very important, but it's enhancing the lives of the family and the loved ones who are impacted on a positive or negative scale, um, you know, of, of your client. And, and, and that is absolutely, that's absolutely tremendous. I wanted to know, Martin, um, what has been the common misconception um, or, or misperception from uh, that you've gotten from your clients in regards to their outlook on, uh, on fitness before you start working with them okay that's a really easy one actually it's and okay the, the fitness industry is, is awful because they propagate this message yeah and then everyone gets this wrong message and, and they try and implement <laughs> it and they fail and then they get downhearted about it mm -hmm. but it's that mm -hmm. whole eat less move more thing okay you know? and, and and then they start bringing out the whole laws of thermodynamics and all that kind of stuff that's being mm -hmm. make you sound really sciencey and things and, okay <laughs> There is a fundamental truth there, um, but actually it's so much more than just that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem is when you give somebody a message like eat less, move more, uh, and I fell into that trap. I did. Uh, so, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. you say that and you're thinking, okay, a calorific deficit is good, right? Mm-hmm. So a bigger calorific deficit should be better. But your body doesn't work like that. And, and, mm-hmm. and it, so, for example, if you took a fundamental like that and said, right, if I have 2,000 calories a day, and I do an extra 500 calories worth of exercise, and my body needs 2,000 calories to survive, that means that I'm in a calorie deficit, right? Because I'm burning less, I'm burning more than what I'm taking in. Uh, so let's say, for example, by doing those extra 500 calories worth, that drops one pound in weight. And you do that same exercise day in, day out, week in, week out, same food plan, etc., for, say, four years. Then straight away... You, the laws of, that you've just been talking about means that you should weigh zero by the end of it. <laughs> right. You know? But the fact is your body will not allow that to happen because it, it, evolution and everything that's kind of gone on with the genes and stuff mm-hmm. means that your body's going to put it into a position where it's going to say, okay, I'm just going to make you burn less energy because you've got kind of different parts of where you use energy. Some of it's for activity. Some mm-hmm. of it's just what's known as your basal metabolic rate, just what you need to think and breathe, etc. So as you're starting to cut your calories down all the time and move mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. all that kind of happens is you're just increasing the probability of brain fog or de- decreasing the probability that you're going to be able to repair yourself and you find you'll feel, get more illness, more sickness, more cold-type symptoms. Um you might feel that you, you just constantly got to, you can't think straight. Um, and it's as your body's just basically starting to shut things down and saying, okay, you're in a you're in a drought or you're in some kind of famine situation here, so we just need you to survive, right? Um, yeah. And it doesn't, it's not like as if it's saying, I can use all of the, the molecules you've got as fat that you've got stored everywhere, because it's still trying to protect that. And it's right. saying, for example, with, with the types of food that you're eating, that's the other side of it. So you could put yourself into a calorific deficit, but actually still have um, um, a, a, an issue with regards to too much insulin in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So then you start to look at that and think, actually, well, how do we improve your insulin sensitivity to be able to make sure that actually can do that? Because while if you've got huge amounts of insulin in your bloodstream, then your body's not going to be going around trying to burn body fat. And that's right. where you want to be. So this position where you've got that. So you need to work out how you're going to improve those things. So there's a lot more to it than just the eat less, move more. But yeah, it's the message everyone's got because it's what all the whole fitness industry is talking about. It's kind of the major raison d'entre of them. Um, so yeah, that would be my big thing. But yeah, if you ask me what's the two things that entrepreneurs and business owners need, um, the, the two things I find I find they always have a, always have a problem with is time and knowledge. Gotcha. Because yeah. they, they usually have the motivation and the will. They usually have the funds to be able to sort themselves out. Usually, right. the issue is always down to time and knowledge. So, if you can show them how they can make the time work for them, and actually give them the knowledge of what they need to do, and it's successful, so that they're, they're not feeling downhearted, it's not not going right. And straight away, they usually implement and get really good results. I see. I see. I tell you, I really appreciate you clarifying that, Martin, because as you were explaining um, the whole misconception of eat less, move more, um, you know, I was, I was, I was starting to think or maybe uh, ponder the thought of, okay, well, uh, there must be a difference between the misconception and the obstacle, 
the blocker, right, the barrier? Um, or is that the obstacle or the barrier? And from what you clarified, um, the eat less, move more is not the obstacle. It's a misunderstanding due to the industry and um, money, resources, things like that aren't the barrier either. But but time and knowledge, to your point, and 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 so um, th that that to me is to me that's a revelation when it comes to um, trying to understand where the discipline comes from or what the true problem is in getting to the root of fitness. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think once you've kind of addressed those two things, yeah, um, straight away people they can implement. Um, there are, there's always going to be hiccups along the way and there will sure. be problems and things. You know, We're all human after all, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. perfect and neither should we ever try to be, you know, because, you know, what, what perfection is is the uh, the enemy of the great and the good, isn't it? So mm -hmm. yeah, just trying to be the best of who you can possibly be is what you should be aiming for. But as these things start to come up and you start to hit the kind of problems and things, just reach out and have somebody where you can have those conversations and say, okay, well, what should I be doing? What is the better path? Yeah. And that kind of makes a big, big difference. Yeah, it does make a big difference, you know, and, and, and I love what you said earlier about, you know, it's not about having a six pack. It's not about having like major big biceps, right? Um, uh, it, 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 if you can get to the true passion and heart of um, fitness, um, like in your case, it would be to be there to walk your daughter down the aisle or, you know, be there to uh, to enjoy riding at an amusement park with your with your children, you know, um, um, being able to play outdoors and go hiking with friends, you know, and, and maybe zip lining if you like zip lining, <laughs> you know, but but to be in the shape to enjoy your quality of life, to enhance your quality of life and to have the mental focus, which is a byproduct, in my opinion, with um, fitness and dieting um, that gives you that sharp edge mentally right, to mm -hmm. further enhance your professional life. So um, that leads me to ask you this question, if you can break this down and unpack this for the listeners, Martin. You know, we have many facets of our lives, right? We have work, we have family, we have hobbies, um, you know, uh, things that we enjoy doing. But all in all, we are truly just one person, right? Yep. So yeah, we're just one person. So um, is it fair? Two questions. Is it fair to say that fitness or no fitness at all can have an impact on us holistically, right? Yeah. And, 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 if, and if so, can you explain your six fundamental pillars on how each can impact a facet of our lives? And who you yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're 100% you're correct. I mean, the, the old, well, it's an old adage or a proverb or something that uh, health is wealth is, is, I think it's a Chinese proverb, yes. actually. Um, it, it's so true. And, and you know, if you ask the, the most unhealthiest people, the one thing that they do when they would give all the wealth in the world is to be healthy again. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, but yet you ask the, the, the healthiest person what they want, and they just want to be able to perform better and be happy. And it's just that, that kind of change in mindset where things are. So right. once you've kind of got that kind of level of health and fitness that supports your life and, and enhances it in so many different ways, 
you do you get that kind of better clarity of thought you you schedule better to make sure things work out well yeah. it, it means that you can do more you're no longer restricted because it's, it's and it's silly things it really is silly things when you start uh, becoming over, overweight or obese mm-hmm. um and, and you almost you almost start to think well it's, it's okay i just won't do that um, so, for example, it might be um, you no longer like, like, for example, myself when I was at my my heaviest, uh, I really didn't fit into seats at the theatre or anything anymore, and I quite enjoy going to the theatre. But I kind of thought, well, it's not for me anymore, really. Maybe I should do something mm. different, mm. rather than realizing actually I just need to lose weight so I can fit in the seats again. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, uh, some of the, some of the theatres in the UK are quite old and they're not designed, <laughs> designed for larger people. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, so things like that just naturally starts to do that. Or, for example, you just make excuses. You know, I'm just getting a bit older. These aches and pains are quite normal. The fact that I have to roll onto my side before getting out of bed or have to really mm-hmm. put my foot up on a chair to be able to tie my shoelaces if I can still see my shoelaces. All, all those kind of things. It just becomes an, an excuse. and It's like you, you justify it to yourself. But actually, in many yeah. cases, it's just purely an excuse. And once you've got over that and you suddenly realise that actually all these things are still open to you, You've got this mm-hmm. massive freedom of life again, mm-hmm. where you can just do whatever you like. You don't have to worry. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to the, the the six fundamental pillars that I kind of work with or I've kind of identified when I went through my journey, um, it starts off with mindset. Because, you know, ev- everything starts in your head, right? You know, if you, yeah, you have a, right. a, an emotion or a thought that kind of kind of creates a state of being, that state of being then actually then starts to create actions because that's what motivates you, whether that's going to be a positive or a negative action, depending on how you're feeling. You know, those mm-hmm. actions have an effect, you cause an effect, etc. That then creates another thought, another feeling, which reinforces and creates this like a, a feedback loop. So everything right. starts in your head. So you have to kind of interrupt those kind of patterns because if you don't interrupt those, patterns and, and this is where a lot of people i find they, they kind of they, they want to get fit but they don't want to change their life yeah yeah you kind of think, oh, hang on how how's how's that going to work so right you're going to do it as a trans it's going to be a transaction thing it's a bit like you know eating a mars bar isn't it you eat a mars bar it's done you have to get another mars bar then so you're going to go for a diet <laughs> and then you get to the end of your diet then you go back to being fat again so you get another diet i don't know so you've got to kind of change this kind of lifestyle piece um, to really kind of get into that that mindset mode, so it becomes more of a change of your everything that you are doing, not just that one transactional affair. Uh, and then we come down to the the two major mechanical items, you know, meals and movement. You know, you've got to work out what you've got, what your calories are coming in, what the macro breakdowns of those are, how mm-hmm. they fundamentally should be taken in, at what parts of what you're doing each day, how does that support your goals of what you're trying to deal with, mm-hmm. or what you're trying to improve on. And then same with the movement side of it. How is that going to actually increase your journey? So, for example, we were talking about um, insulin sensitivity a minute ago, weren't we? Which yeah, is quite yeah. a, an important factor when it comes down to these things. So, for example, if you can if you can become more metabolically active by increasing the size of your muscles, your muscles are actually really expensive resources for your body mm. because it mm-hmm. takes more energy just to even survive with bigger muscles uh, than mm. to have smaller muscles and carry body fat. Body fat is actually really metabolically inactive uh, and it's just great for storage. So if you can increase the size of your muscles, then at the same time you're going to be burning more energy, which means that you're going to be able to start to, to get through the, the food intake that you've got and this and if you 
building into that kind of uh, meal planning that you've got things like having days where you don't have a lot of carbs so you are taking in more fats and proteins and things then utilizing things like the days that you do have carbs to really improve your performance in doing your training right and right you've suddenly got a really great combo of how you can make that work even better for you towards your goals if, if that's mm -hmm. what you're looking for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um then the kind of the, the other bit is is moderation is my kind of fourth pillar and uh, it was interesting you mentioned stress earlier because um stress can be a really good thing and a really bad thing because yes. you, you need stress to grow but stress in itself is kind of like a catabolic event it kind of breaks things down it causes kind of issues in your body etc if you create things like cortisol and stuff when you're stressed right and right your, your body can go from not stressed to stressed in a heartbeat and it's designed to do that so you will survive you know it, you know with the reason why it goes from stressed to not not stressed to stressed is expecting mm -hmm. a saber-toothed tiger behind you because it's been doing that for millennia you know um yeah and we're still the body still thinks we're in that time it still expects the saber-toothed tiger it doesn't realize they're extinct yet um <laughs> but to go from stressed to not stress takes a long time your body has to really calm down but when it gets in is that not stress state you're then in this brilliant position where you can then start to rest and recover and recuperate i think people normally kind of give it the nickname rest and digest kind of state or your um uh forgotten what the other word of it for anyway not important right now um so we're in this kind of position where we're nicely relaxed but that takes time so again how do you build that into your daily routine so every day right you're winding down in the right place for example you might do it the the hour before you go to bed just so you've got a period where you're relaxing enough so that when you do go to, to bed you can sleep really really well it's a bit like being a cat isn't it? if your cat doesn't have enough snoozes during the day it doesn't have enough energy to have enough pretty big sleep at night and it'll keep right. you away by clawing the curtains or something um <laughs> and, and your body's the same kind of thing and then the last two elements <laughs> i was wondering if that was going to work as an, an analogy but anyway possibly. no i love it that's a great analogy uh, yeah and, and the last two things we've got is like that's cool uh so, so the last two things the second to last one's a method so method. and this is where just like having your meals in your movement has to be right for what you want to do for your body you have to build a system a method that works for you and your lifestyle as well um because you are unique the way you do things is unique the way that you've got your life organized is unique to you so you've got to find that method that fits into you and creates those great habits because habits they're necessary um, and your body's just developed this way of being able to work with them so for example if you think about uh, the amount of sensory input that your eyes take in I mean, this is literally like millions upon millions upon millions of sensory pieces of input every single minute. If, yeah. if your brain had to try and process it, you'd be cross-eyed permanently trying to think your way through all that information. So what it does is it uses a number of different shortcuts to be able to say, actually, this is what we believe is happening. Um, so, so, for example, you, you know you've got your peripheral vision, so I know my hands are moving at the side of me, and I know because of the shape of my hands what they are, but actually the reality is I, my brain's filling in the gaps. It can't actually see the shape of my hands. It can just see something moving. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing, you, you need to create those great habits in your life so that you almost predict what's going to happen. And you can also predict where the failures are going to be. 
so that you can almost, it's a bit like, for example, risk management in a business, right? If you, right. If you know what the risks are going to be, you can put risk mitigation and management processes in place. Same with your own life. Yeah. Mm. So as soon as you start to apply those same disciplines as you would do in a business and building those same systems, but to you, which is unique, right. you've got this kind of winning combo. And then the, the final piece is, is monitoring what you're doing. And so you understand you get the right feedback back into it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not about, you know, standing on the scales every single day and obsessing about how much water you're drinking and all this kind of stuff. Right. But it's fundamentally finding those, those key indicators that actually help you. And some of those are going to be objective measures, but you're realizing you're looking for trends. Is things trending up over a space of four, six, eight, 12 weeks? Or are things trending down over the same kind of period? In which case you start to get an understanding of what you might need to change. But it's right. also things like... Um, journaling and things like knowing how you feel uh, and realizing that sometimes the answer isn't necessarily moving more weight or doing more running or or eating a certain type of thing sometimes it's just a case of taking that time out of your day uh, like for example finding the hour before bed or or finding an hour just to go to the gym and that's your time right, and, and right. if you can work out what those patterns are and how you're feeling at certain times you can start to then work with that and say, okay, that's when I get stressed. This is when I'm not stressed. How can I yeah. improve more not, not stressed days to stressed days? I see. I see. Uh, man, absolutely tremendous. That is wonderful insight. You know, when I was um, when I was looking through that briefly before before our chat, uh, I, I don't know why, but it just popped in my head. I, I, I called them the six M's, but uh, but but the six fundamental pillars uh, is 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 each of them has an impact on a facet of your life. And then collectively, um, you know, it's it's holistic. You know, uh, that's what it, that 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 was my takeaway from it, uh, Martin. And I, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that insight on each of those uh, on each of those uh, fundamentals and breaking it down for the listeners for sure, man. So, so Martin, how can the listeners uh, follow you, learn more about the great work that you're doing with your clients? Maybe even listen in on one of your TED talks or or read an article from one of the papers that featured you. How, how can they follow you and connect with you? Uh, so there's a few places. Uh, the first one is you can just go to martinsharp.com, the website, and there's lots of different bits of material, links off there to the various different uh, interviews Wonderful. and various. Hope, but this will be featured on there as well when it, when it comes out. So that'll be absolutely Wonderful. fantastic uh, to support the 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 uh, show that you've got. Cause I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and then also you're more than welcome to connect on, on the social media side of things. So you can usually find me as Martin Sharp UK or Sharp Fit for Life. One of those two mm. things, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. I mean, you know, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand, man. In fact, uh, I'm going to connect with you and I'm going to connect on all those social mediums as well and follow you, sir, because uh, um, just just the insights that you shared in the fundamentals and uh, you, you gave me some clarity on the misconception of uh, eat less, move more. So um, I'm very grateful for that. And I know the listeners are very grateful as well. Martin Sharp, everyone, sir, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, really, really appreciate you being transparent with us with your struggles early on, as well as uh, sharing the insights that you've learned on your journey uh, as well, Martin. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show.
You're welcome, Aubrey. It's been a pleasure. Ah, thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. So look, if you have a loved one or a colleague, coworker, a friend, a neighbor uh, who seems not quite themselves, um, they may seem to fall into bad behaviors, uh, uh, depressed, going through just dark days of despair, not quite sure where to turn or who to turn to, I humbly ask that you please share this show with them. Because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there's always hope. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production. When you don't want your busy evenings to signal the end of dinnertime exploration... Try Blue Apron's two or four serving menu plans so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique.